when okay. is too early to put up your, your holiday decorations? Are yours up already? I would say at least wait until the stroke of midnight after Halloween. <laughs> so okay. like, so, so like the very second that November 1st hits, mm-hmm. that's the least eye twitchy to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had, I had somebody ask me this the other day, like if I was listening to Christmas music yet. And I said, no, but when it comes on my phone on shuffle, I'm not skipping it right away. Like depending uh, on the it's, that, it's the slow creep, isn't it? It's a slow creep. It's not yep. totally Christmas music, but Home Alone sneaks in there. You're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I have a Christmas tree up right there. And I purposely <laughs> obscured it from camera in case you were all going to judge. But it's it's there it is. There There she is. Just a, just that, that's guy. what I. That's what I should put behind me, for. You should, for the rest of the the, the year is just a Christmas tree. I've got the space down here. It should be nice but. and festive about it. I mean, heck, you could probably do a full size Christmas tree behind you. I, I oh, I definitely could. Um, this is also the first time in my life as an adult that I have a front yard that I can put lights up on. Are you going to? I think I might. Oh, you like, got. I think it's gonna that be... might actually happen. Well, and here's the thing for me, like you got to put them up like this weekend for it to be worth it because it's going to take half of your day. You're going to hate lights, your house and yourself by the end of it, but it's going to look so cool while you have it up. So like put it up soon so you can enjoy it for longer. I might. Uh, I'll have to figure that out. But I'm so you got to take pictures when you do it. I got to say. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you wanna talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Uh, hey, everybody! Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And each week, we have each other watch something that one of us has never seen before. Um, this week we are paying tribute to the late Matthew Perry with Devin's pick, Almost Heroes, starring the late Chris Farley as well. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be a interesting conversation later. Yeah, this one hurt. Um, yeah. For multiple reasons. Um, (laughs) but before we get into that, we like to start off the show with a segment we call, we watch this, where we talk about things that we watched in pop culture over the last week. Um, Ryan, I'm going to have you start off because you're the only one who actually watched something. <laughs> okay. We're all stretching uh, it. Okay. So um, I watched a movie uh, surprise, uh, uh, called Almost Human, which I came across very oddly. So I, uh, I went to Tubi, which was the site that had uh, Almost Famous on it, and I put in Almost to bring up almost uh fame uh um almost famous almost heroes uh, almost, almost heroes. heroes yes did almost i say almost, did I say almost famous? famous was on the list no it's another I one say. okay yeah. yeah um and when i uh when i and when i was scrolling over i i i saw a poster for this thing that for a show called almost human that came out in 2013. That was like a sci-fi show that has uh, the actor from Dread and the boys. Carl, Carl Urban, yeah. Carl Urban. Yeah. He plays like a future cop in it. And he works with like 
with like androids i've never heard of it before and i was like this is really cool and then underneath it i saw a poster for a different thing that said almost humans and i'm like oh i wonder if that was like an attempted remake of like an old 70s sci-fi tv show so i scrolled down to it it was not this is a movie that was also made in 2013 um and i'm just going to read the description from imdb Mark Fisher disappeared from his home in a bright flash of blue light almost two years ago. His friend Seth was the last to see him alive. Now a string of of, uh, grisly, violent murders leads Seth to believe that Mark is back and something is evil inside of him. It's basically an alien invasion movie. And it is low budget and it is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not that they find out that Mark was just a jerk this whole time and he's really bad ability to read who his friends are. Because that could be a twist. Like the yeah, whole time, like it's an alien invasion. He's never twist, liked this. If that, was, if that was the twist, I would not be mentioning it because I hate stuff like that. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, like seriously, like pay it off. But no, like this is a low budget film. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an amazing job with a very, you know, with, with, you know, very cheap effects. They did a really good job on it. Um, I love the poster cause it looks like something out of the eighties. Um, and the movie's actually set in the mid eighties, oh, um, itself. And it's just, if you like alien invasion movies and you like suspenseful, like, you know, suspenseful horror sci-fi, I definitely recommend this. It is not fun. It is not family friendly though, in the least. Do not watch this with your little kids. (laughs) I I mean, most of the things you find on Tubi for free that are indie films probably aren't family friendly. (laughs) And and this is one of them. (laughs) I got to ask, how does the alien look in this? Like, do they do a good job of it? Because sometimes, like, especially if it's like an alien body snatching movie, it'll be really good and compelling. And then it'll immediately lose lose me, like, when they show me, so, like, a dude in a rubber mask. So I'm going to kind of, like, quasi-spoil it, but not really. Okay. So you never see an alien. What you mm. do see is what happens to people after they have contact with them. Okay. I think I like that a lot better. I think that's and, very clever. And the special effects is kind of like, then once those people have contact, they can spread their, like, infection to other people. Okay. And it's creepy. <laughs> and it's good. <laughs> so, and the best part, this it's only an hour and 19 minutes long. <laughs> so this came out in 2013, so it's like a metaphor for what, swine flu? Was that the... I thought swine flu was before that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're reacting to swine flu in movie form. I, well... Did I ruin not, it for you? Not, no. No, okay, no, good. no, you didn't. You're thinking too big. Okay. You're thinking way too big. Like, this is, like, like a small town in funny part, Derry, Maine. So I think the creator of the, the movie really likes Stephen King. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you watch this, Alan? Full disclosure, I wa- forgot to pull something for the show, so I've been doing that this whole time. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I I think I watched the Carl Urban show at one point um, that Ryan talked about at the beginning. Mm. Give me the give me the synopsis one more time, please. 
Okay, so okay, so for I pro the movie or the I, show? I for the movie. I promise okay. the thing that I was pulling was worth it, and it's oh, not. Good. It's it's not for a bit. I promise. I swear, it's a legitimate it's thing a that bit. I needed for the show. So it's gonna be pretty bit. much, this guy goes missing. His uh, his best buddy sees him get a, gets abducted, and then two was it two uh, two years later, there's a bunch of violent murders that happen, and. The friend believes that his buddy who is abducted is back and there's something wrong with him. Okay. And that's basically what the synopsis is on IMDb. Full disclosure, his his buddy is back and yes, there is something wrong with him and the murders are linked to him. Okay. Um, but it's, like I said, it's creepy and fun and from the very start, like the very beginning of this reminds me of Fire in the Sky. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if they... If either of you guys have seen that. Nope. Didn't you make us watch that? I have not made you watch Fire okay. in the Sky yet. But I'm but but now I'm going to very soon. Okay. <laughs> I'm going um, yeah, I'd, I'd check it out if I had nothing else to do. Um, yeah. Like the you said it's horror based. It looks it's sci-fi it looks horror. horror. Yeah. 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 It, it's definitely sci fi horror. Yeah. Like horror is you you know me in horror. Why you did the slideshow? There we go. Um horror's weird for me uh and i think after last week's episode i'm holding off on horror recommendations from you for, for a while right ryan um but yeah um yeah i might check it out at some point uh devin you've been playing a thing yeah so i haven't had any time to watch anything because i've been playing uh the new spider-man 2 video game guys guys it's so good it's stupid and makes me angry how good this game is. It's got Venom as the bad guy. It's got Craven as the bad guy. It's got a deep emotional plot that I love. And it has made me just absolutely fall in love with Miles Morales more than I ever have. Yeah. To the point where, and I know some people that are listening are going to be sad about this. I think he's my favorite Spider-Man over Peter Parker. I'm sorry. But I really like this game. I beat it. Oh, I played it. I played it and I beat it in the week. That's why I haven't watched anything aside from this movie. I don't know why my why the slideshow is doing anything. Uh, I want to play this game so bad, but I do not own a PS Five. Um, hey man, come on over. <laughs> we clearly have free bed for you to stay in. We have PS Five. We all work, so we can't play it during the day anyway. Get over okay. here; it's yours. I, I'm going to have to just turn off the slideshow. Cause oh, is he not lining up? It's like doing its own thing like it's possessed. And oh, I don't that's know. exciting. It's not. Um, yeah, I I keep seeing memes about it, and I haven't had the thing spoiled for me. But yep. I keep hearing that that song that I don't listen to the news no more. Like I keep hearing that all over the place, and I like I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. This slideshow is just being so dumb. Um. But yeah. Um. No, I want to play it. I was. I started playing. I got. I got FOMO when it came out, so I started playing the DLC for the PS4 Spider-Man game. Yes. So I, cause I never finished that. I, and I haven't played miles Morales yet. So I still have Spider-Man games I can play before I get a PS five. So once I beat those, I will get the PS five. And when I say beat those, I mean a hundred percent, every collectible, yes. every side mission, 
Is that where you're at with Spider-Man 2? It's, yeah, it's also worth it. I've done it for Miles. I've done it for the original one, and I'm doing it for this. I have six more achievements to get before 100% it, and you better believe I'm doing that this weekend. Like My my, bro- my brother 100% is Spider-Man 2 already. So Your brother's incredible. I yeah. don't know how he does it. I, can't, I, I didn't have the time, but good for him. Well, he's not playing it anymore because since he beat that, he uh, a weird thing has happened in pop culture. Uh, weird, weird things happened... Let me let me tell you guys about my Friday, because I saved this for the show and I forgot to bring the prop down. Weird stuff happened on Friday that I I can't explain. I all I can co- count it up to is the uh, time change this weekend. Um, so I, Friday evening I went to Best Buy, which I which I rarely ever do, uh, mm-hmm. but our, our Best Buy has recently remodeled, so they they moved a bunch of stuff out. They're getting ready to get rid of the Blu-rays and DVDs next year. Um, so I'm looking at the DVDs and Blu-ray, see if there's any deals. And I find a shelf full of CDs and I'm like, why do they have CDs here? And then I look at what the CDs are. I found a soundtrack for the final season of lost that came out in 2010 sitting on the shelf at Best Buy. And it's like, there's no way that they just got this in. This had to have fallen behind a shelf. And they like, well, you know what? Let's, let's sell it for five bucks. See if we can see if we can get rid of it. See if see 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 if any schmuck wants to buy it. Hi, I'm Alan. It was you. Hi, it was you. <laughs> so I bought that. So I have it on lossless audio quality on my on my iPod then because it's two thousand from two thousand ten. Might as well. Um, so that's one thing. Then I went to Walmart, and I had to text my wife something that I've never been ever able to ask anyone in my entire life, which was, hey. Do you want me to pick up the new Beatles album? Wait, what? The new Beatles song? You didn't know that, Devin? No. The Beatles have I a new song. Like sh- yeah. You should know what? this. Yeah. I, yeah, I live here. I should. Yeah, no. Yeah. What? How did they do that? Uh, so Is it, was it a, AI? It, it, no. It's a, a, a demo that John Lennon had recorded that the Beatles in the nineties when George was still alive, started putting together a backing track to it. But the problem was they could not clear. It was a rough demo. So it was John Lennon and the piano and they couldn't isolate his voice from the piano clearly. So what they did was they used AI technology. Some of the technology they used in get back the Beatles documentaries. Peter Jackson did it. Peter Jackson helped them with this. So, uh, they used AI to clean up the audio to get to isolate John's voice. And they used the backing tracks that George did in the nineties to put with uh, Paul and Ringo today. So it's the final, wow. final Beatles album. And I have it on vinyl now. <laughs> Is it good? It's good. Yeah. I like it. That's good. What if it um, wasn't good? What if they did all this work and brought in Peter Jackson and it was like just fine. I, I I mean that could have happened. Yeah. Um, what is it called? Now and then. Okay. It's it's a very fitting song for the Beatles' last song. So um, for for anyone that doesn't have a peek inside, what happens over here is while we're on the podcast doing it, I keep opening tabs for things for me to listen to after the podcast, and that's now a tab. 
You should also listen to the the soundtrack to the last season of Lost. Uh, so that, those are the first two weird things with time that happened on Friday for me. The third thing is I was able to get on Fortnite and land at my favorite spot again. Um, because Fortnite has reset their map to the original map from 2018. <clears throat> um, so they've gone back like several years with their map and they're calling it Fortnite OG. <laughs> so it, it, uh, I hate how fast technology changes nowadays. Why? Because I was about to be a jerk and I was about to say, Oh, it's only 2018. That's not that far back. Oh, gee, that's ridiculous. Like, you know, like, you know, because like, you know, it's like not even 10 years has gone by, you know, it's like saying something's old school. That's five years old. But then again, the tech, because of technology advances so quickly now that yeah 2018 is a long time ago in the grand scheme of things so i apologize for my immediate reaction there (laughs) fine um well how how was it going back was it just as fun or were you like you know what they definitely up like the updates that they made were worth it so the for me the big thing has been uh a lot of the people that I started playing Fortnite with originally have started to get playing it again because they all kind of fell out of it, but I stayed with it for a while because I was still having fun with the, the challenges and stuff and some of the skins. So I stuck with it a little bit longer. Like I, I, like I think Fortnite, once I stopped playing Fortnite, they were like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. We need, we need to get them back. We need to get Alan back somehow. How can we do that? <laughs> Um, because about two months later they did this and then I'm playing it again. Um, but I got on like the night before they, I knew they were doing this. So they had a Sokotano in the last battle pass. So I was like, I'm going to go in, play for a night and get a Soka after a few matches. I got her in the first match. I was like, Oh, well done. <sighs> yeah. So, um, why is this not working the way I want it to still? Yeah, this Streamlabs is being dumb. We're just not going to have graphics tonight. That's all right. Um, all we need is our faces. But, yeah, so I've been playing Fortnite again. Um, yeah. So how how long is OG Map staying? Is it all season? It's, yeah, so the season's a month long, I think. And, and they're going to... What's your... They're going to be changing it. They're going to pro- progress through that map a little bit more and do some other seasons from it. So right now it's reset to the original season five. So I think they're going to do season six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, so they're going to speed through it a little bit. So they're going to change it a little bit here and there, but. So what's your favorite place? Where did you land? Oh, first place I landed was haunted Hills. <laughs> like that, Good. like that's the, that's the spot. That's the spot. Did, so did all of your crew come back too? Is it like you and the, you and the boys again? Oh yeah. B-O-Y-Z? Absolutely. Yeah, we, we've added ahead. to the crew. We've added to the crew. Cause we got my brother-in-law to play a few seasons ago, but he, mm-hmm. he, he missed out on this original map. So nice. it's been, it's been fun getting him in. It, we, we have too many people that we can't all play at once, which is a, which Aww. is a good problem to have. Um, but it's fun. Like it, it's a good time. Yeah. Devin, you should redownload it and we should uh, play it on the stream. I'm going to have to. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to now. Yeah, because I yeah. think I did play this season. I know I played this season. That they're you did. They're yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah. All right. You got me. Yeah. Fortnite. You got yeah. me. 
And the only thing that they brought back from the newer seasons is sprinting and like oh. sliding and vaulting. Like the, I mean, that's the, mo- good though. the mobility is so much better. Yeah. So. Does it break some places though, if they weren't built for that? Oh, this map definitely was not built for that, but, but oh. it's, <laughs> it's like the same map. Like they didn't change the textures or anything. It's like the same wow. engine from back then. It looks like a game that's a few years old at this point. And I don't know if that's just because my computer can't handle it or not, but works literally came um, two years old. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing instead of watching stuff. Um, Cause I, I, have been, wa- I told, told you guys last week, I've been watching a show and I've barely watched that this weekend because I've been playing Fortnite. <laughs> so no, hopefully, hopefully next week I'll have my review of that. Um, and, and another thing, cause I have to go to the movies this weekend. So. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah. There's a Marvel movie this weekend, guys. Did you know that? Oh shoot. There is. Okay. Yeah. You got to tell me about that one. Cause I'm yeah. curious, but don't want to go see it. You you know, you're not the only, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Um, (laughs) Okay. When it's my pick for the show. Mm, Shoot. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that, that's, that's all we have for, we watch this, uh, this week. Um, I'm at least going to pull up a picture of Matthew Perry so we can talk about it. Talk about him. Cause I've got the photos ready. So today we're talking, we're paying tribute to the late Matthew Perry uh, who passed away last week um, at his home. Um, don't know the, I don't know the, all the details. I know it involved a hot tub, um, but uh, yeah, Devin, this was your pick. Tell us why you picked the 1998 film, Almost Heroes starring Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. All right. So I totally understand that, like this isn't his best movie or his best role that he's ever been in. But for me, it's fun, right? It's fun. It showcases what he was known for comedically, I think above anything else, because I think that almost no matter what, he's kind of doing like a Matthew Perry in this. And that's really what they leaned into. And I think that's just it, man. Like, I don't know. I, I know that he's in some more dramatic movies. I'm sure he plays like a romantic lead in a movie or two. But like for me, like this kind of encapsulates Matthew Perry. Like it's fun. It's irreverent. It's it's charming. You know what I mean? That's him for me. Like I I like I like this movie. I like him in it. It's got its problems. He's got his problems. But I like this movie and it represents him for me. So that's that's it. Okay. That's why I picked it. So so you have seen this movie before yeah and you actually do like it like you're not just putting on a show no no no. i truly like it i mean i understand like i like it in a way that like you understand that the movies that you watch when you're a little kid are aren't good right like <laughs> I, I, you, I understand yeah there's like a movie i was talking about it today i forget what movie it was but i'm like i know that if i go back and oh it was it was joe dirt I understand that if I were to go back and watch Joe Dirt today, <laughs> I would not like Joe Dirt. But boy, howdy, did ten-year-old De- or like twelve-year-old Devin love Joe Dirt? I get that this movie's not good, but there's a nostalgic to the Wild West being painted in this way. That like now that we live in a post-Killers of a Flower Moon world, like isn't. You know what I mean? There's like an innocence to this that I just like, like, and maybe it's just because I was innocent watching it or something. I don't know. Okay. Ryan, how do you feel about this movie? 
you, had, had you seen this before? I I have not seen this before. Okay. And like, I didn't even know what movie it was okay. by the title. But then when I saw the poster, I was like, oh, I know this. And it's because in the nine, like in the nineties, my dad and I were big Chris Farley fans. Mm-hmm. And my dad and I wanted to see this because it was his last film that he 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 didn't even make it to see the movie. He died after filming and mm-hmm. wasn't around when the movie came out. And we wanted to see it because it was his last film, and we were big Chris Farley fans. And then my dad heard from everyone at work during that week because we couldn't see it opening weekend, so we we're going to see it second weekend. And literally everyone that I knew at school and my dad knew at work were like, it's awful. It's bad. And then, you know, it was like, it was hardly making any money at the box office. We couldn't find one good thing said about it anywhere from any critic. And my dad's like, we're, no, we're not we're not going to worry about this. So Let's, we spent the weekend watching everything else that he does. Yeah. Let's just watch Tommy Boy again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. So I remember when Chris Farley died, but I don't remember this movie because I was young enough that I don't remember it coming out. But I remember hearing about it after the fact and then watching it on like ABC Family at some point. It's like, oh, I want uh, that's a Chris Farley movie I've never seen. Um, I will say I enjoy this more than Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> but good skill. But it's. I have a lot of problems with this and Devin, yeah. I really, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on why you think this is one of Matthew Perry's strong, like why, why this place is his strong suits. Cause I completely disagree. So um, I mean, for me in terms of his strong suits, I'll just dig into it. Yeah. I think that he's basically doing a Matthew Perry impression the whole movie, right? Like I saw almost a direct line between it. It almost felt like they, do, they went <clears throat> do Chandler, but 1800s go the way that i saw him being Mm -hmm. betrayed and i even paused the movie halfway through and i i i walked over to Kristen because she was watching something else in the bedroom and i told her i was like so pretty much what this movie is is the director looked at chris farley and said you go 10 and looked at matthew perry and said you go 10 and every scene you're in just just wild it out you're at it you're all at tens and my thing with my thing with matthew perry it's not it's not at his height that i like it's the calm and then the build up and then the peak and then the immediate drop off back to calm like calm again yeah that's what i like in his comedic timing i'm not a big fan of him just going up to like 10 and then just carrying that forever because it gets old real quick. And I, I I think Ryan's on the right path here. And I think Ryan and I agree Mm -hmm. on a lot of this. The problem with this movie is you have two strong comedic leads, but they're both very heightened. You don't have the straight man. Uh-huh. And so you have Chris Farley doing the Chris Farley thing and you have Matthew Perry doing the Matthew Perry thing. And like, it's too much chocolate and peanut butter together. Like they're two great things and you think they'd be good together, but if you put too much of it together, it's 
it's too sweet. It's too much and it doesn't work. You need, and I think like you look at Chris Farley's other stuff, you look at Tommy boy, like Chris Farley is doing his Chris Farley bit and David Spade's there being the straight man. And yes, David Spade has funny moments in that movie, but he's not as heightened as Chris Farley. There are moments of it like here and there, like with the hair at the end, um, spoilers for Tommy boy. Um, (laughs) but it's not throughout the whole thing. And I think if you had Matthew pair, if you had one of them being the straight guy, being the straight man, it would have been a lot better if you had, instead of them just both being super heightened the whole time, like it's Christopher guess. I'm going to say it. If you didn't have them both turned up to 11, I I think Uh, it would have worked better. I haven't seen Spinal Tap, so there you go. Um, Oh, man. So there's a very specific comedic styling that they were going for here. Okay. And I don't think the movie did enough to show it because they show it sometimes. And you can almost get it what they're going for sometimes. And then they kind of shy away from it. So the whole premise of the movie itself is that they're almost heroes. They're taking on Lewis and Clark. And they're trying to beat Lewis and Clark. And... When okay, this is gonna be a bit of a tangent, but I promise it's going somewhere. In <laughs> when I was doing improv for a lot for a while, one of the things in improv is that you have to kind of construct what's weird about your scene and construct what the what the straight man is or what the straight part of the, the thing is. And sometimes, like you had mentioned to Tommy Boy, there's a straight man. Your scene partner is the straight man. But sometimes you construct a weird world where everything around you is just heightened. And the comedy comes from the juxtaposition between what we know normal world to be versus what you're all doing. And there are a few SNL skits that are a little bit like that. But particularly when Chris Farley's involved, they tend to plop a straight man in there with him. What they're doing in this movie is they're doing the weird world thing. Everyone in this group is at a 10. I mean, heck, even, what's his name? Eugene Levy is at a 10 this whole time. The straight man in the movie is the Lewis and Clark expedition. And I feel like the movie itself doesn't do that enough to make you understand that's what it's doing. But that's what I caught it as, I think. I, Yeah, if it leaned more into the race with Lewis and Clark, mm-hmm. I think it, would, it might have worked better. But it's kind of just like misadventures on the frontier and that's about it. Like they're like, and like, Oh yeah. Hey, look, Lewis and Clark were here. Let's keep going that way. Like it, it gets distracted easily because you have so much silliness mm. happening. So one of the things that struck me about the movie watching it, and I want to hear your guys's take on this is that I think I've never watched a movie. Now look, I get that it has its problems, right? I'm not going to defend the movie to the <laughs> nines. I like it. It's silly. It's stupid, whatever. Uh, one of the things that struck me about this movie on this rewatch is I think I've never watched a movie where all of the jokes work so well on paper and so poorly in execution. Cause like <laughs> I've seen like, like there's a couple of scenes in here where I went on paper. This is very funny. Yeah. This is not funny to watch. And I wonder if that was an, like, it, it, it's so unfunny that I wonder if that was an intentional choice. Well, so 
part of me, there was one scene I forget where they had this really awkward transition that I like rewound it and went, did I actually catch everything that happened in this scene? And part of me feels like this almost was like a Caddyshack thing where they filmed so much and then the editor in the editing room just went, I don't know what to do with this. I guess here's your movie. But like scenes didn't seem like they flowed right. They didn't seem like they made sense. They like in well, some ways made them seem like vignettes, but not really. Well, there was uh, there was something that stood out to me, and it was one of those like every few times I watch a movie, I'll catch something that's just like a split second in 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 the scene that happened in this. So towards the end of the movie, uh, Eugene Levy, mm-hmm. one of your favorite people, um, mm-hmm. his character turns back and he's like, "No, I'm good." And then Chris Farley's character's like, you turn off running into the woods or I'm going to like shoot you or whatever. Yeah. And after that scene happens, they go, they go back to more fighting and something happens with, with, with the lead conquistador. And yeah. And, and Eugene Levy standing right next to him. Yeah. 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 Still with his hat. So like the editing was all over the place. Or or here's the other one thing I caught. So the first time you see Hidalgo, he goes into this bar and he starts like threatening everybody and Matthew Perry's in there, but Chris Farley isn't. And this is where stakes get injected into the movie. This is where a villain who's not this off-screen Lois and Clark expedition gets in. It's trying to make a tense scene, but it's intercut with Chris Farley just grooming himself. He's taking a bath. He's getting a a dental appointment and it goes fine. And they don't connect in the end at all. It's just like, here's this tense scene of Hidalgo. Here's Chris Farley being gross in a bath. See, that didn't stand out to me as a bad thing at all, because that's something that I would kind of expect. Like, you have this really tense scene, Mm -hmm. but then you have Chris Farley going on his own little adventure on the side. So, like, that didn't stand out to me as weird at all. Oh, I don't know. For me, it just took all the air out of the Hidalgo scene. Like, and that's why I think the movie is good i think there's a good movie here we just need the snyder cut and this is um and this is where the the difference between you've watching this when you were a kid and you've been you know like and you've lived with it mm-hmm. i i guess i don't know that might be the answer is could to be why, but like it could be but like i see that scene and i don't care about the stakes this movie is silly everyone's acting at a 10 there's no real point to have any real serious drama in it so to me that's why that didn't really stand out because if it was just focused directly in the bar and they tried to make this so tense mm-hmm. it it would have really kind of not felt right like when chris farley went off on matthew perry's character after, after the waterfall because one of the issues i had in that scene even though i feel like chris farley did, 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 he did a good job in it it was one of those things where i was like where's this character been where has this part of Chris Farley's character been this whole yeah. movie that could have made this that much better if Matthew Perry was 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 you know the ridiculous one and Chris Farley was the straight man I w- I would like that movie because I I think Chris Farley could have definitely been a, a straight man in this if you like but still done all the physical stuff that he does because Chris Farley's comedy and Matthew Perry's comedy are very different. Mm -hmm. Chris Farley is very physical. Matthew Perry is more sarcastic. And I think 
the movie does a poor job of balancing those out because I feel like some of the stuff that they give Matthew Perry in this is physical. Like when he's sick with the fever and like tossing the bed, talking about giving bears the right to vote. Like it's, it's physical (laughs) stuff. And I feel like where his strengths lie are in the sarcasm and his delivery, but he doesn't really get a chance to shine in that here. But Chris Farley is, but you, and then you have Chris Farley who's doing the physical stuff where he's falling out of a tree to get an egg and then like falling down rocks and stuff. But then you have that moment of levity with him where he's like, no, you almost got us all killed. Like it, it does seem jarring because it can't make up its mind, which way it wants to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and I caught that too, where Chris Farley's this weird, he's just, his character is this weird, hyper competent idiot where like, there's one minute where he's like, Oh, look at the Lewis and Clark expedition. They're walking their boats to shore because there's something dangerous ahead. We really should do that too. And then like, yeah. you know, a couple of scenes ago, he's too hungry to not eat an egg in front of him, even though yeah. he knows other ways to get food that are just eggs. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that, the, the, and, and I really think that's the, 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 the difference to where Devin, you can watch this and be like, Oh, this is a silly, good movie. Like yeah. this just makes me feel good. And then, I watch it, or Alan watches it, and we're just like, why? <laughs> so, okay, what was... This happens in a lot of comedies. This happened to me on this watch. What was too far for you guys? What joke, bit, or part of it were you like... And, and, and if it's all of it, that's fine, but were you like, I'm not on board with this. I just want this part to end. The uh, I don't mean to rag the movie, but... The, the, the uh, straw woman... <laughs> yeah man that's fair yeah it, it's such low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. and it, it's just like why why are we doing this like we get that you're going through the west but why do we need to do this like i think why i expect more of matthew perry chris farley and christopher guest but so like why like what bet was lost that this movie had to get made and that had to be included I almost at that point was like, what commentary are they making? Like, was this something about the West that I like just doesn't translate to my 2023 eyes? Yeah, I I, I don't know. And 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 you can sure as hell bet I'm not googling it because I don't nope. want to even know what comes up. <laughs> nope. Something nope, something nope, nope. needle in a haystack. Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, for me, it was. Um, the one, the one assistant, the one traveler with, uh, with, with, uh, with them. And this might go into Alan's issue as well. Um, like getting the ear bitten off and then thinking the ear could like, you know, like here transmit what he was saying to him and everything to the one that got attacked by the bear. Like that bit was funny. Like, and it came up twice and that was fine. But then he just kept, they just kept on bringing him up. Like every other scene, it was something else ridiculous. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed the jokes of the old man more than I did really anyone else that in their party because they used him sparingly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I liked his bits. There, there, there are bits that I liked. Like, Mm -hmm. 
the uh, the final battle with the Braves, like you kind of you can tell where it's going, but it's I think it was still edu- executed well, but mm-hmm. it still feels so out of place for this movie because <laughs> yeah, because it's good. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's it, competent. It's competent. Yes. Because you think for me. Oh, no, because you even have your heroes doubting that their their backup's going to save the day. Yeah, and it, and it works. And then I I don't know. It is executed very competently. I do like that. I think for me the part that was almost too far or was exactly too far. I'm like the scene needs to be over. Was Chris Farley being carried away by an eagle at the end? <laughs> I at, at that point I'm like man like and then it like poops on him and I'm uh, like okay guys. Come on. Okay. That's how this movie ends. Did you not get to the end? <laughs> I watched <laughs> I watched this movie three times and fell asleep by the end every time. And I swear I I got to them getting to the cliff and then I passed okay. out. That's how so, <laughs> For me that's where the movie ends and I'm going to choose if that's how okay. it goes like Okay, so 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 Matt so Matthew Perry's going to climb down. And then Chris Farley's like, no, yeah, I'm going to climb down. I saw that. Mm-hmm. He saw that. Okay, so so Chris Farley starts to climb down. And then he comes across another eagle's nest. And so he looks at it. And then he starts to like look around real kind of like panicked. And then he's he kind of like, he starts to breathe a sigh of relief. And then he hears like the eagle cry. And then he has like a shocked look on his face. And then they're fighting. So Chris Farley's fighting a stuffed eagle. Like, mm-hmm. just a really plainly fake eagle. And then it flies off, and he grabs onto its legs. And they do a few close-ups of, like, this stuffed eagle animatronic with its head moving side to side. And his hands just grabbing onto its, like, legs. And it, he's, like, over the water, panicked. And then he, eventually, after he gets pooped in the face, he falls into the ocean. No, but listen, listen, it does bring me to my genuine favorite joke of the whole thing, okay, right? Okay. Where Chris Farley has to do all this to get down the hill. They, like, fought to oh, say yeah. who's going to risk life and limb. Chris Farley comes crawling out of the water, and they're all waiting on the beach. And he's like, I'm fine. Wait a minute. How did you get down? And they're like, oh, there was an Indian trail just right there. There was stairs. And like, <laughs> stairs. Yeah, yeah, but like they made stairs. Like, <laughs> that's a really good, really well done joke. <laughs> and, I, like... The the eagle showing up at the end, like that's the rules of three because he had yep. two encounters with the eagle and you get there the third time and that that's yep. it. So Well and, and that's almost what that that Chris Farley moment felt like though, right? Because in a comedy like this, there always has to be the point where the two people that were basically bickering the whole time finally break, they go their separate ways, and they come back better friends at the end. And like that's just how buddy comedies like this work and yeah. that's functionally what that scene was doing but again felt very jarring I also think for a buddy comedy there isn't much of just Chris Farley and and Matthew Perry no and I think that's part of the problem with it like there they relies on their subplots and separates them a lot and I think that hurts it yeah that and I also have an issue with the whole concept of uh, of 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 the title of the movie and how it ends. So, Alan, because you fell asleep, oh, yeah. yeah, you didn't see this part. So, the reason why it's called Almost Famous is because they are racing. 
Hmm? Almost Almost heroes. heroes. Sorry. Almost famous, (laughs) almost heroes. What's the difference? Uh, Cam and Crow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So, so what happens is they do make it to the beach before the Lewis and Clark expedition. And then I'm thinking to, and and they're all cheering and they're happy and everything. And then I stop and pause. I'm like, hang on a second. This is called almost heroes. So they're almost heroes. So Lewis and Clark were the heroes, but they made it to the ocean first. Like I know this is, I this movie's made no sense, and this kind of tracks, but why? And then so Lewis and Clark, their expedition turns around and they walk back up the trail they were going, and then they start like they're celebrating everything, and then I'm thinking like, oh. It's because Lewis and Clark made it back first. Something happens to them that they didn't make it back to DC to claim and show that they were the first ones there. Yeah. And then they start celebrating and everything. And then they eventually start talking about going to Alaska and then walking over the land bridge, which didn't exist at that point. No. Um, over to Asia. And then they go back to the joke about like food in new Orleans and how good it is to food in Paris and that they're going to be the first Americans to walk to Europe. And so they show them walking up the beach Mm -hmm. towards like the North. Um, And then that's how the movie ends. And it, it ends with them talking about like walking across Asia and walking across Europe and like someone says by the end of by this time next year we'll be having dinner in paris and i'm just and i'm and i'm just sitting there going this movie is has has ended exactly the way that this movie has been going the entire time yeah i mean my head cannon for it is that they're like yeah we're gonna find the land bridge and they don't and die like that's what happens <laughs> like none of those people make it that whole year at my funniest i was like oh have you guys ever seen Deep Blue Sea? They're yeah. walking across the side of the ocean and they get Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's just what happens to this party. Like, they just don't make it because they just go the wrong way. <sighs> uh, I'm sorry you didn't think it was as fun as I did, but I, I mean, still enjoyed it. it. It had its moment. Like, I'm always yeah. down to watch anything with Chris Farley and I'm always down to watch anything with Matthew Perry. Mm-hmm. Um may not have been the best thing for us to watch to, to pay tribute to the late Matthew Perry, but we have some other things we can talk about, about See, that's Matthew what this Perry. next bit's about, right? Yeah. We had, we, uh, I had a bunch of stuff pulled for Matthew Perry that we were going to talk about, but we're going to just, uh, talk about some, some of our other favorite Matthew Perry roles. Um, obviously the big one, um, Chandler being on friends. Um, I didn't realize this until like the day after he passed away and I'm I, that Monday I went to work and I wore a vest. Like I bought a vest at the Renaissance fair, like a, a, a suit vest. And I was like, I want to wear this today. And I don't know why. And then I realized I was, it was like the day before Halloween and I was cosplaying as Chandler Bing, like subconsciously. <laughs> um, Just happened. And then I, I started thinking about like, why, why am I taking this death so hard? And I, I realized like, I don't know if you guys know this about my sense of humor, but I'm a very sarcastic person. Um, Could I be any more sarcastic? Um, (laughs) And I think a lot of that I got from Chandler. Like, I think I never really realized how much 
his sense of humor affected me as a child watching that show. Uh, because I, I've, I haven't watched the show in a few years, but every once in a while I'll watch an episode and Chandler's always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the sen- like his sense of humor and his performance, like really helped mold my sense of humor. Um, so I, and I, I keep seeing clips of the show and like a lot of his interviews and stuff. And, but like, it's been re- it's been a really sad one. Like I, I'm I'm relieved that the the first thought that came to my mind when he passed away was I hope he didn't relapse and it doesn't seem like he did. I think it was just his heart gave out um but yeah, Chandler is like one of the best sitcom characters of all time in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I think he's one of the two best characters from that show. Like I think that a lot of them were either a product of their time or just kind of awful people. And mm-hmm. friends kind of came about when like having awful people on a show is just fine. But I think Chandler has, I mean, as a character in, in even as like a performance is incredible. Like, I mean, there are lines that like out of anything in the show, right? I understand the whole like pivot, like all of those things of the show, but like there are like specific lines that are Chandler lines that like, I will like, inwardly laugh at just thinking about like like oh. ju- th- it's effervescing that's definitely one of them for me i just love that line and it's it i don't know i just i love his performance i care about the weenus so you carry about the weenus. yes <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't even just like some of his lines like th- there's that moment where he's handcuffed in the office and he like bangs his head with the the door he's like like just like <laughs> this, the silence of his reaction in that moment like speaks mm-hmm. volumes, and like I was talking to this about this with some of my students before he passed away about about friends and why it's not like why pe- like kids of their generation don't connect with it, and some of them were like it's the laugh track, and I was like I completely understand that because if you take away the laugh track on that show, a lot of it's not funny. Ross comes across like a, like a serial killer. Like, yeah, it's very yeah, creepy, does. but you take the laugh track away from the Chandler stuff. It's still funny. Like mm-hmm. it, he doesn't rely on it. Like he doesn't need it. He's just well-written and funny. Um, more so, like, I think even more so than Joey on that show. So, oh, agreed. Um, what other, anything else about Chandler before we move on to other, Matthew Perry stuff or my or, I mean, uh, just about friends yeah just about friends I think we covered it okay. I mean yeah I'm basically a mixture of you two when it comes to like the stuff that I liked about him so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh so the Devin you said you play you played a video game that had him in it yeah, so this was, this is one of my favorite Matthew Perry stories. That like from front to back, this is my favorite Matthew Perry story. Is that Matthew Perry? I think when he was kind of in the worst of it, was really really addicted to this game called Fallout Three, and he went on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And as part of one of the charities that she was doing, is the celebrities that were visiting her would give them things to auction for charity, and. 
I love this interview. So there's an interview, I think it's from uh, April 24th, 2009, where Matthew Perry's on the Ellen DeGeneres show and is gifting her a copy of Fallout 3 that he signed. And he talks about this story about how he played Fallout 3 so bad he injured his hands and he had to get uh, injections in them to get his hands better. And Ellen goes, well, what's the game about? Obviously, I mean, from the tone you get from Ellen, she's not a gamer. And then Matthew Perry is stuck in this position that I get put in a lot as somebody who really enjoys games. Having to explain a game to somebody you know has no interest and is just doing it to check the box. Where he's like, uh... It's this post-apocalyptic game where you have to do jobs and shoot people. And, like, Ellen, like, could not care less, makes a joke about it. But it's that, like, awkwardness that I feel every time I try to do the same thing that you can see reflected on him that makes him so relatable to me. But what's incredible about this is Bethesda, the company that makes Fallout 3, loved this interaction, loved him for this, and offered him a role in their upcoming game, Fallout New Vegas. He plays Benny... In one of the, he's a, a gangster in the in the universe, but he plays it in one of the most iconic video game openings of all time. Matthew Perry is front and center, and his performance and his delivery is incredible. And to be honest, if I didn't know it was Matthew Perry, I don't know that I would have known because he's not doing a Chandler impression. He's kind of doing like a I'm a gangster kind of impression, and it's so good for just a video game. So that's one of my favorite. Like I think about that pretty quickly when I think about Matthew Perry. I think. Have you guys had any experience with this? With that game? No. Yeah. No. No. Would it? What would it be on for me to play it? Oh, I think it's on. I mean, I think it's on computer, and I think it's old enough. Or I, you know, I think like your computer can definitely handle it. What What console would it have been on? Like Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. I think it was on. PlayStation 3, Windows, and Xbox 360. Okay. I might have to look for it on Xbox 360. Because I still have my it's Xbox. It's so worth it. So. Oh, yeah. Then it's worth checking out. It really is. Okay. Especially for him. I, I've been wanting to check out. I've heard that's like one of the better Fallout games. Exactly. So uh, it's been on my list for a while. Yeah. And especially that opening with him in it. It really pulls you in. Okay. Like to the world, to it. I love it. I love what he did with it. Um, Ryan, did you have anything else for Matthew Perry you wanted to talk about? The only, uh, besides friends, um, and some other stuff, the only, the, the thing that turned me into a Matthew Perry fan when I was a teenager, um, was randomly coming across the movie three to tango. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, um, it was made in 1999. It's a very nineties premise. Uh, have you guys ever heard about it? Or I never, saw, I no. saw, it, I feel like I may have seen this back in the day. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Matt, so Matthew Perry had is like working with his buddy as like art, art, architects, I believe, <laughs> and their client for uh, gets the assumption that Matthew Perry's character is gay, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Perry's character not wanting to lose the contract uh, for whatever they're doing for him plays along with that. And in turn, the rich businessman then gives him an extra job, paying job to keep an eye on, on his mistress, who then he falls in love with. <laughs> so it's a very 90s premise 
Um, I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know how problematic it might be now. But there's a lot of stuff from that movie that I remember that was just very funny. And there were a lot of moments that happened with him that was different than what, you know, than like stuff he had to do in Friends. And it made me like him more. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, from what I can see, it's, it's one of those things that like, I would definitely recommend that anybody would watch because I really don't think it's problematic. It's just, I'm afraid that there might be something that I don't remember because there's, because there's a lot of scenes that, that I would consider to be good. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. But there's other stuff where I'm thinking that 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 one bit might not fly. The, 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 you, with, <laughs> especially with '90s comedies, like you run the gambit of something in this isn't going to age well. Um, mm-hmm. So you have yeah. you, so a lot of the times you have to get past that to look at the performances and appreciate that stuff, and you might have to look past some of that that stuff. Well, that was okay at the time, but now it's kind of frowned upon. Frowned upon, kind of like you know, mm-hmm. uh, the Braves in Almost Heroes. Yeah, I I didn't want to talk about yeah. them too much, uh, and that's all I'll say. Very well, that's all I'll yeah. say. Um, for me, like the, the the last big thing that Matthew Perry like that I I want to go back and rewatch now after the after his passing is he had a show on NBC a few years ago, uh, like in 2014, called Go On, where he played a sportscaster who was part of a support group. Um, after he lost his wife, it was a, like a support group for people who had lost loved ones. Um, and it's got an all, it's got a, a lot of people that if you look at the cast, you'll recognize now. Um, uh, let me find it. Where did it go? I just had it up. Uh, it's got, um, Brett Gelman from, Stranger Things, who oh. play who plays Murray Bauman on Stranger Things, yeah. like this was his bi- first big role. John Cho's in it. Um, Tyler James Williams, who's uh, who was uh, everybody hates Chris. Chris is rock. Chris Rock, and yeah. that now is on Abbott Elementary. Um, it's got a great cast. Um, and it was just like it's one of those NBC ens- ensemble shows to like on Thursday night to like replace community. Cause around the time community was on its way out mm. or they were trying to just build their, their, their Thursday night lineup a bit more. So it was one of those, it's a, it's a group of people doing this. Like, it's a group of people out of community college. This is a group of people at a support group. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it was a fun show. I wish it would have had more than one season, but I really enjoyed that show. Um, and of course, his guest spot on Scrubs is one of the best. Yes, I forgot about that. And isn't Matthew Perry's dad also on that guest spot too? Yeah, his dad is the like his actual dad. His actual dad, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was really good. I forgot about that. Oh. Yeah. What a shame. This one hurt too, though. Like for me, I know that you you talked a little bit about yeah. it. Like this one hurt me too. Like this is not. Yeah, this is a hard one. Yeah. Like, usually when, like, you know, like, there's an actor or a musician that either Kristen or I like that passed away, we kind of talk about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one of those where where it's kind of like, I got the alert on my phone 
Um, I, I got the alert on my phone. I sent it to, I took a screenshot of it. I sent it to Kristen mm-hmm. and then we got home from work. I got home from work and we didn't really talk about it. And then I like, I walked over and I brought it up and we just kind of looked at each other and just kind of like shook our heads. Yeah. Like we couldn't like, it's not that we would, you know, end up like crying or anything. It was just one of those things where it's like his roles are important and they yeah. stand out a lot. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of upsetting because like, yeah, people like to dunk on friends, but there's a lot of episodes that I really like, and he's the main focus for it. Yeah. Like, him and Phoebe are my two favorite characters from Friends. And, you know, and so, yeah, like, th- this was a hard one. Yeah. Um, I-, I learned today, I-, I think it just came out today, that there was a plot line to have Chandler cheat on Monica. And he fought for, fought for them to not do that because he it's like the fans will never forgive me if I do that. <laughs> so um, what I wanted to end the show with, and this is what I was pulling when I wasn't listening earlier, um, is uh, I was putting a website into the chat. Uh, since his death, they have start his estate and his family have started the the Matthew Perry Foundation. I just wanted to read a bit from the website. Uh, This is from his book uh, that came out last year. Uh, When I die, I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want helping others to be the first thing that is mentioned. And I'm going to live the rest of my life proving that. Addiction is too far powerful for anyone to defeat alone, but together, one day at a time, we can beat it down. Um, So in the chat, I'm putting the the link to the Matthew Perry Foundation. Um, So go check out their website. Uh, they're starting a fund to help people. The Matthew Perry foundation is a realization of Matthew's enduring commitment to helping others struggling with the disease of addiction. It will honor his legacy and be guide, guided by his own words and experiences and driven by his passion for making a difference in as many people as in as many lives as possible. P- please join us and donate now. Um, I know we, this isn't a victims and villains thing, but I feel like this is an important message to get out there because Matthew Perry, if you didn't know, did struggle with drugs and alcohol addiction throughout his run on friends and was able to eventually make a, make a recovery. I, I, I saw an interview of, with uh, Hank Azaria who Matthew Perry took to AA in the nineties and got him clean and sober, but still struggled with himself with it himself after the, the fact. So Addiction's a hell of a disease, and he w- wanted his his legacy to be one of helping others. And I think that's very important to remember. As much as we want to pay tribute to Chandler Bing and uh, whatever his character name was in Almost Heroes, um, <laughs> I, I think it's very important that we, we honor his legacy. And uh, for everything that uh, you you gave us, Matthew Perry, we thank you. Yeah. Um you couldn't, could you be any more missed? Um, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. At least I waited a week. I saw people posting that like the day it happened. Oh, yeah. That's too soon. It, no, no, way no. too soon. Um, but, well, that's the internet now. Everyone wants to be the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I've got for this week, guys. Um, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to find out what my pick is going to be for next week, because I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out. Um, 
I have a few ideas. I just need to uh, figure some stuff out on my end. So uh, like follow us on Instagram to find out what we're watching next week. Uh, you can listen to our podcast, wherever you get uh, your podcast from, you can and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our YouTube um, and follow us on Twitch in case Devin and I decide to go live and play some Fortnite. Mm. Might happen. Could. It could. Yeah. They've done it, it before. We've, we've we done have, it before. There's, we have done it before. There's precedent. Yeah. Um, and on that note for you have to watch this podcast I'm Alan I'm Ryan and I'm Devin and we will see you next week remember if someone asks you for an eagle egg it's just the shell they want I'm glad you did that I'm glad I didn't stop recording that <laughs>